Welcome to the Freedom Fries Podcast. From the timeless Army-Navy rivalry to a passion for pursuing financial freedom through real estate, join Mike and Spiros for real talk about the huge wins and crushing losses of patriots who relentlessly pursue financial freedom. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success. Rise Real Estate Podcast. It's your host, Mike and Spiros, back at it again with another great episode. Uh, Spiros, how you doing, brother? Great to see you, man. I'm doing great, man. I, I had a great weekend. I was back uh, at my alma mater, the boat school, this past weekend in Annapolis with my <laughs> wife and uh, bumped into a bunch of old uh, rugby teammates of mine. So I just had I had a, an epic weekend. That's awesome. It's always good to yeah. catch up with some old friends, man. There's nothing, nothing better. It is. You know, we get older, but I think in your heart and in your brain, you're still right. you're still a <laughs> young idiot that you were right. back in uh, back in the day. I agree, 100. <laughs> percent Well, for yeah. everybody listening, we have uh, such a fantastic guest this week. A true honor and a pleasure to talk to Miss uh, Melena Dorsey, who has just a fantastic story. I can't wait for everybody to listen to it. Uh, I won't introduce too much here in the introduction, and I'll let you guys uh, listen for yourself on what she has to say. But just really, really impactful. Uh, information and impactful story that I, I, I truly believe is going to touch a lot of people. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. I, I met Melena in person during my first White Feather Investments Financial Freedom Conference this past summer. Man, she's just, she's infectious. She's got a great personality, a great smile, a fantastic story. And I'll tell you, um, it's a triumphant story for sure, but, uh, but it's also got some heavy stuff in there, right? So be prepared for some some heavy a little bit heavy topics there but uh we'll we'll hear a lot about some of her triumphs and and where she's at now in her real estate business it's fantastic so without further ado folks uh freedom fries podcast listeners i want to introduce you to melena dorsey my friend let's bring her in so we have a fantastic guest today here with us. Uh, Miss Melena, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited. This is such a privilege. I'm so excited for everybody to listen to your story and listen to what you have to say. So um, I'll stop talking. Spiros and I will definitely jump in and start asking you a bunch of questions. But please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell the people who you are. Well, thank you guys for having me here once again. That's it's exciting. I love doing this. So sure. <laughs> just yeah. So my name is Melena Dorsey. I am originally from Brazil. Uh, I don't know. I I'll go into it. A, sure. You know, a bit, but like also in real estate, um, I do a little bit of Airbnb stuff. We did syndications in real estate. Um, I also am a graduate of the uh, White Feather Accelerator program. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so my background, so like I said, I'm from Brazil originally. I moved out of Brazil when I was really young, about 16, 17 years old. I packed my stuff and I told my mom, hey, I'm I'm going to London. And I moved to London, no English whatsoever. Had to learn from (laughs) zero. (laughs) I just, I remember just grabbing one of my books and then just, you know, trying to like do it a month before my trip and learn as much English as I could. But, you know, you get there and it's so different. So, Mm -hmm. and what, and what was the, what was the main purpose of going to London? Like, what were you looking to find there? It's funny that you asked that because, like, (laughs) when I was a kid, ever since I know myself, I always fantasize about having 
kids that spoke English. This was my thing. <laughs> okay. My kids were speaking in English in all of my daydreams, you know? Right. right. So I always wanted to leave my country. I always had that dream and it was something that I I truly believed that I would be able to do. So my mom had a friend visiting and she had she was living in Japan for a long time and then they moved to England and mm. she came to visit us in Sao Paulo and she talked about London and how it was awesome and how great it was and she put all those things in my head and I was like I want to go. Oh so, <laughs> And they have a very back. cool English accent. Right. <laughs> who doesn't right. who doesn't like that? <laughs> so she had that British accent at that time. Well, she she had like kind of like a Japanese oh, thrown into that. She lived in Japan for like 18 years and then she wow. went to London and she was a good friend of my mom. So I decided to, well, she actually found an au pair job. I don't know if you guys know what an au pair mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah you, no. just, yeah. you go to another country, take, take care of their kids and you teach them your language. Right. Pretty much. <laughs> so she found me this opportunity and I just, I think it was like a couple of months. I packed my stuff and I left. I was like, I'm going to go. That's and amazing. That's, that takes some real <laughs> real courage it does but it also takes like you know ignorance is a bliss i didn't right. know what i was getting into <laughs> sure. it yeah, but, but sometimes um, those are the best things you just you don't know what it is and you roll with it absolutely That's i awesome. totally rolled with it That's i went to awesome. my uncle and i was like hey i have an opportunity to go to england and i really need some money my uncle's like my uncle worked at a bank at that time mm -hmm. and he was like if you don't pay me i'm gonna go find you <laughs> <laughs> and he he gave me like enough money for my ticket and I had a hundred British pounds left in my pocket and that's wow. all I had. That's no I had. way. That's that's awesome. That's so cool. That's <laughs> incredible. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, another thing about Milena's courage is she's never met Mike, never talked to him before. Milena and I have only met once in person and once on another podcast. And uh, we called her up and said, hey, do you want to join the Freedom Fries podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? And I mean, it was a it was a text 10 seconds later. And she's like, yeah, I'd be honored. Mm -hmm. I'm a, awesome. let, let's do it. So yep. uh, courage is uh, in in. <laughs> in large amounts with Melina, for sure. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Very I mean, cool. appreciate that. Yeah, so I don't think I, I actually knew what I was getting into, but <laughs> I did it anyway. So a lot of the stuff that happens in my life, it's kind of like that. I just throw myself into it and I believe it's going to work. Right. Sure. So I had this, um, I stayed in there for a little bit. I went at that time. I had a boyfriend. He didn't. He was not allowed to leave. His parents said no. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't have too much control of what I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't have a say so. So I left. And then um, a few months after, he he came to England. And then we stayed for a couple of years, I think. And then we worked like I worked in a bakery. We both worked in that bakery. I learned a lot about like not to trust people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was a very good learning experience. I learned English pretty quick. Go. That's awesome. <laughs> I did everything in there. I cleaned houses. I babysat. I walked dogs. I worked at a baker. I did everything. I you you hustled. That's what you I did. did. You hustled. I really That's did. awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So I loved England. Um, I, we wanted to stay longer, but the British immigration is pretty strict. Mm -hmm. And they said, you got to get out. So left, went back to Brazil. And it really broke my heart because like... We saved so much money in a couple of years just like working there. Yeah. So I decided to try because my my father is um, he's from Spain, like his parents are from Spain. So my dad said, well, why don't you try to get your Spanish citizenship and go back to London and finish whatever you started? So one day I woke up, I went to the consulate 
uh, in Sao Paulo, the Spanish consulate, and I met somebody in the line, and she was like, oh, I live in Spain. I'm here doing my visa, I actually. Start talking. Oh, I took her man. to lunch. That's and awesome. And she was like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, of course. Packed my stuff and went to Spain. You so, can have it. You can that's incredible. That I mean, that's awesome. No, that's incredible. And that's such a testament to, you said a couple of things. You know, you said when you do things, you believe they're going to work, right? Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. have a vision and you look at it and you say, I see myself in London. I see myself speaking English. I see my children speaking English. And then you meet some lady in line and you're like, hey, here's an opportunity. I believe this will work out. And you, you know, you go and talk to it's just incredible to me. It's so motivating to see like proof in the flesh that if you have a vision and you just put yourself out there. Like good things happen to good people, you know? Right. Yeah. And very we were, cool. And, very and cool. we were talking about it last time. It's so easy to be nice to people. And you just made a simple conversation in line and look and look what it leads to. So it's it's yeah. so easy. It's, that's Malena, awesome. I, Malena, I have a question for you. So yeah. it seemed like at a very young age, you had a desire to leave your country. Would you yeah. say that you just felt that there was more opportunity in other countries, whether it was London or, or you know, the yeah. UK or Spain? And And then the second part of that question is, do you miss your home country? Do you go Mm -hmm. back? Is it still a part of your life? So I I always felt there was something bigger for me out there. Like that was, like I said, I would like, my mom would put me to wash dishes and I hated it. And I, the way I would get past the washing the dishes thing, it was like, I would always dream about something. I would daydream and I would make those little stories in my head. And I've always wanted to be outside of Brazil. Like that was my thing. It is part of our culture though. Like in Brazil people, we always go to school and we prepare ourselves to be doing either, you know, go to college abroad or like do some sort of um, internship or like an exchange or something like that. So it's very common for us to Mm -hmm. do that. And I've always wanted to do. I was one of the first, I, I think I was the first one in my family though, because we didn't have wow. a lot of money. Wow. But um, I, that that was my desire. It've always, it, it's always been. And now the second part of that question is <laughs> my country. Um, if I am being 100% honest, no, yeah. okay. I don't. Okay. It's, it's weird because um, it's a mix. I miss the people. I miss my family, mm-hmm. but I don't miss the struggle that I had to go through to get here right. because I feel like I did not have the support, right? My parents didn't have, they didn't pay for college. They didn't pay for tickets. They never were able to come to see me. Mm-hmm. I've been living outside of my country for over 20 years. It's the first time I have my mom here. Wow. So, oh, that's cool. And that's just because I was able to provide for her to come mm-hmm. not because they right. were able to do mm-hmm. it. So right. it's, it's for us it's like i i don't miss like living there i do go sometimes so it took me five years to go back the first time after i moved to spain mm-hmm. five years i didn't see nobody in my family wow, that's so hard yeah it, it's and but but you know what i got so used to it and mm-hmm. i had so many other challenges that i kept like it was always something it was always right something happening or my papers or a job that I wanted to do or something was always happening in my life that I was focusing on that. Right. And I would put like those needs on the side. And I think that really made me stronger. Sure. Not gonna lie, it's not easy, but, and, and I learned so much. Like it, you learn, unfortunately, to deal with very bad people because, mm-hmm. you know, you're a 18 year old girl in Spain right. by right. herself. Right. People would try to take advantage. Oh yeah. Of you, you're, right? you're very vulnerable. You're, you're yeah. a prime, you know, a prime candidate for someone to try to scheme or take advantage of you. So yes. 
And it happened many oh, times. <laughs> <laughs> Please, that's, that happens everywhere in the world. So that's not, you know, you, no, but it takes a lot of perseverance to overcome that I, and kind of identify it. I yeah. pity I pity the fool that tries to take one over on Malena <laughs> these days. Malena, tell me. So I'm so intrigued by your story. Tell me how yeah. you go, how you get from London to Spain. How do you get to America? So I was in Spain for a little bit. I got, I started working for free for some restaurants. I was like, you know what? If you give me this opportunity, I'll show you how. I can work. So I would take jobs like that. I would right. offer to work for free. And then the day that they didn't have a waiters or like mm-hmm. somebody who washed the dishes, they would call me like, yeah. hey, by the way, we need you. So I started doing that for a little bit. And then I got like this fantastic opportunity to work as a translator because mm-hmm. I was, I spoke English, Portuguese, and Spanish at this wow. time. Right. So this company, it was in a dental field. They were opening a, a company in Brazil and they needed somebody to translate their documents. So I started doing translations for them. And then they quickly, like, they were like, you know what? I think we should have you on our sales team. And they made my papers. They, they like, no hired way. me. They made me legal in Spain. And I was like, okay, I, I like this. Sure, yeah. I started working for them uh, at this company. And then they were just, like, very, like, they were great to me. Like, it was just very rewarding because I have done all this hard works for, like, all these years. And now I'm working behind the desk. So it was, like, yeah. come true for me. <laughs> So I worked in that for a little bit. I traveled a lot with them. I was going to trade shows like as a sales representative. So it was it was pretty amazing. And then when I was doing that, I met um, my husband, my my then husband. Uh, well, my late husband now. We'll get to that, too. Sure. <laughs> okay. So um, I met Payne and Payne was a U.S. Air Force hmm. at that time. And he was stationed in Aviano, Italy. So we started like long distance dating. And then um, we would travel like from I would travel from Barcelona to Venice on the weekends and they would he would come. And then shortly after that, um, we got married and I moved to Italy. So I went from Spain to Italy, but I lived in Spain for about 12 years. So that was like towards the end my, of wow. my journey in Spain. So that's how I got introduced to the American culture. That's so cool. I like, listen, I know you're hustling, but you're living in Barcelona, you're going to Venice, Italy. Right? It's not all too bad. No, no, it's you know, amazing. No, that's, all, that's awesome. That's so something. Cool. Something you said kind of stands out to me. I just before a call, I had lunch with my son, Will. Mm -hmm. He happened to be driving through town and we met up and, you know, he got his big break, you know, in his career by doing exactly what you did, Malena. He reached out to people that he wanted to work for and said, I will work for free. You don't have to pay me. I just want to come in and add value to what you're doing. I want to get value back. I want to learn and I don't expect you to pay me. And sure enough. Right. Somebody reaches out and says, when does this ever happen? You know, somebody like is is offering to give something and is not asking for something in return other than an education and an opportunity. So uh, super, super cool. And, I, I, you know, I I think I envy people like you and my son that are that are willing to do that in a in a society or a culture that basically says, don't don't do anything for free. Right. You got to get paid for everything you do. And and yeah. That's very it, cool. It pays very off. Cool. I mean, yeah. people like really see that you are willing to put the effort to mm-hmm. demonstrate. Like so in, in England, a lot of the, the jobs you have to go and do like a, a ta- like a, a training period and right. it's a day right. or two and then they see how you work and then you you get hired. So 
I did that in England and it worked. So I was like, why not? I'll keep doing it until right. I have like a good solid, you know, job and it worked. <laughs> so yeah. Mike, how did how did you I know you you have your your first post military job. How did you get your your first military job after your transition? My first post military job? Yeah. Which I'm doing. yeah. Oh, great question. I did exactly I did almost what Melena did, but just not um, you know. I was struggling a little bit. I was reaching out, doing a bunch of applications, going on a bunch of interviews, but it was very hard to translate my military career into the civilian career, especially in the uh, in the legal world. So it was it was a little difficult, Spears. I was just uh, constantly sending applications out, constant interviews, uh, just really, you know, just putting my best foot forward and just putting myself out there. So it's almost, you know, to the same vein. I was, you know, trying to hustle and get someone to pick me up, and uh, you know, almost, you know, to the extent that I could say yeah. I work for free, but saying hey, like, hey, here's my credentials. I'm a hard worker. I might not be, uh, you know, I might not have the experience that you want in this specific field, but I have all the other attributes that you're looking for and I'm a fast learner. So, you know, just give me a shot and I can show you what, uh, what I'm doing, which is exactly what, you know, Melena sounds like she's been doing her whole life and especially Will when we talk to him. And, and it's so easy, especially for the younger generation, I feel, you know, where you're just trying to break into a sphere of work, right? Where you're like, hey, I, here I am. I, I might not know as much as you, but I can work hard and I can do whatever you ask me to do and, right. and just give me give me some work. So I, it's such it's a really good advice, especially for the younger the younger generation that's listening. One of the things that I'm really hopeful and I have a vision for for this community that we're building in this podcast, right, is to bring people together that can help each other, that right. understand each other, and and especially in that you know military folks that are transitioning out. It's so hard these days to to do exactly what you just said, Mike, is translate our experience it is. into what you do as a civilian. And it's I found when I was transitioning, you know, it's a different language. You know, in the military, we talk about, you know, mission and mission accomplishment and execution and debrief and timelines and things like that. You right. know, in the civilian world, people talk about dollars. And, right. And, you know, schedules, bottom line and schedules and, and, and these. So but but at the end of the day, what I've realized, I've, you know, I've been in business now for 20 years and, and Milena's in business. And we're going to want to hear about that mm-hmm. um, yeah. extensively is that is that it's all the same stuff. It's just maybe a different language. Right. So I'm hoping that as we go forward and, I, and I'm kind of putting this out there to, to you, Milena, you, Mike, and then all yeah. of our listeners, too. If you know of somebody that can come on our podcast and add that kind of value, that can yeah. give that kind of um, support and mentorship to the rest of our listeners who may be transitioning from the military or maybe just somebody in the civilian world that's going from one career to another because, you know, they've decided they want to provide differently for their family or something like that. We want to, we want to hear from those people. So sorry, shameless plug for the freedom fries. Yeah. I mean, but no, it ties back to exactly what we're talking to with Melena today. I mean, it's, we're getting the whole purpose of this community that we're building is to get people from all different walks of life. who have a whole bunch of, it doesn't need to be real estate specific. I think we all have that core belief that real estate is the path to financial freedom, but we've all gone about it so differently and in different ways and some different interactions with different people around the world. And when you talk to us and you you hear where we come from, you never know who you're going to touch or if it's a, you know, an 18 year old service member who just joined is like, oh, wow, you know, Melena, right. I, I did exactly what Melena did. I'd love to reach out and talk to her. So it's a hundred percent spirits. I agree. And, uh, you know, not not to plug anything, but Melena, I mean, that's a perfect segue to just kind of, um, you know, go a little bit and tell us a little bit more how, you know, your background in terms of. Yeah. How you, yeah. 
So back to your yeah, back sorry. to the fact that you sorry, met you met, a, you met an American boy and he's he's now <laughs> he's now you know he's got this he's romantically derailing you right. from all your goals and aspirations Literally, in life. That's yeah, what yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny that you guys bring it up because for me it was a process just getting into the American culture on top of the military culture. Right. I had right. like those two challenges. I've lived in Europe most of my adult life and then I meet this guy that tells me for any appointment you got to be 15 minutes early right. or you're late and I'm <laughs> right. like you talk, speaking, of, speaking a whole different language friends saying different things you don't know what they're talking about yes right. it's I know. funny because when I met him I agreed to everything he said I would just shake my head and say yes and he's like you don't understand what I'm saying right I was like no most <laughs> of the time I don't because I came from London I right. speak a British um, you know English right. and He's Southern. He was from Georgia. So mm. it was like a completely like for me, it was like, I'll have to learn this all over again. So got married um, the first few years. So I got introduced to the military. I had my son on base. We got pregnant right away. And then we get, we had Jake on, on base in Aviano. We were stationed in Aviano Air Force Base. Mm. And that was a whole process because like I'm getting introduced to being a, a military spouse. I had no mm. idea what a dependent is. And I've never been a dependent of anyone. Let right, alone right. ask permission to do right. all these things. And it right, was right. really complicated for me at the beginning. So I suffered a little bit of like just being a spouse of someone and just being um, dependent and just yeah. being for permission. I couldn't drive until I get my, my base uh, mm -hmm. car. So I had to get, he would dr have to drive me on base. And sure. then it was just like, oh, like this whole like new world for me. Which I was willing to do it because I loved him and I wanted to have my family and it was just it, it was it was very interesting at the beginning. So went through all that and then he got when we met he had a surgery he he got an accident and he was getting discharged from the military mm. at that. So it was also a challenging time for him. He sure. was getting out of the military right. and we didn't know what was going to happen. Now he's here with a foreign wife <laughs> having to go get a green card right. because we we're going to be sent to America anytime. And mm. it was just a whole bunch of things wow. happening in literally less than a year. Wow. So I moved in in January. He drove. So he drove all the way from Venice to Barcelona on a oh. Dodge Charger. <laughs> we packed my whole life existence in that Dodge Charger. We we had to make a stop at a church and then give most of my stuff. Oh, my goodness. It didn't fit. <laughs> and we drove back. Uh, we stopped in Monaco. We stopped in Nice. We stopped oh, in man, Europe. that's awesome. Nice European cities. And then we had toll roads. Like in Europe, you have to like throw coins inside of the toll in France. And then in Italy, you have to have a sticker. So like mm -hmm. all these things, it was so much fun. So we, we so went cool. and drove back on Christmas Day. Oh and the day we got in Italy, he got me a dog, which is the dog I, I still have. It's mm -hmm. another <laughs> we bought her in Italy. So she's Italian. She has a passport. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the dog. Yeah. So we started a life in Italy until April. And then in April, they tell us you have a month to pack your stuff and move to the U.S. No way. Well, here I am starting a whole new life again, like just in a completely different country. Wow. So that was very challenging for me because I had a, a one year old. 
almost he was like 11 month old when we moved there so we would stay a whole year in italy and then we came to the u.s and then it was just um it was interesting because i had high expectations about the u.s and the beginning was not quite what i was expecting it took me a while like to get adjusted um pain was from a really small town it's called elberton georgia for me it was like really small because i mean i came from Hmm. some Paulo, brazil right right the second or third like biggest i don't even know (laughs) and then i go to barcelona and london and then you know in italy we lived in a small town too but it was a different circumstance because we had like the whole military community right but then you get thrown like south usa that's a whole it's a whole different world over there i lived in georgia for four years (laughs) coming from new york and i said whoa (laughs) yes it's different people are so nice they're so nice but like you were an alien, <laughs> literally. Right. Trust so, me. I, I know. Trust me. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It was hard for me at the beginning, but it didn't last too long. We took a break. We went to Brazil. He met my family. Finally, nobody knew him. I had a kid mm-hmm. with him. Nobody knew him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mom and dad met. Well, my mom met him. My dad had. My dad never met him. So um, and we went back when we were in Brazil, he got an interview to be uh, doing a contracting job here in, in Las Vegas. So we went back to Georgia, packed the charger again, <laughs> <laughs> and drove across the U.S. Now. Oh, That's awesome. Vegas, all the way to Vegas from Georgia. So it was a three day long trip. Mm-hmm. A lot longer than the European one, but that was like in a matter of months, we did all those moves. So when we got to Vegas and I got to like experience my freedom in the US and that's yep. when I started working and putting myself out there and just, you know, being me right. and start things started like to kind of like get better for me at that point. Cause I know, Click, I, yeah, yeah, it was just like, it, it felt like the freedom, like finally hit me. Mm-hmm. And I started working. I had a couple of jobs and then I, I stumbled across a job in Taito and escrow. And I really liked that job. But then as I was enjoying the job, we got hit with the news that we were going to have twins. Whoa. And, <laughs> yeah, no way. That was, that was the big, big life-changing event so i realized that i wouldn't be able to work anymore just daycare for those three babies would be too much Mm -hmm. so i kind of we quit i quit before i had the twins i worked until i was eight months pregnant with the twins but i quit and then after the twins i started working in um when they were six months i i took a job again and then we had a nanny she was like 24 7 so i I took a traveling job okay job in a trade show industry because i had experience with trade show back in spain they wanted to hire me so it kind of like clicked and then i started i was doing i was exporting freight to trade shows and my industries were dental because i was in dental before and aerospace and defense so i was exporting drugs and guns (laughs) (laughs) you live in the american dream (laughs) mike i told you this was going to be an interesting interview That's awesome. So I did that for a while. It was a great job. And and then COVID happened. Hmm. And then COVID just destroyed my industry. I couldn't travel anymore. We couldn't go to right. trade shows. We couldn't export anything. It was just mm-hmm. terrible, right? So we got furloughed for first and then laid off a little later. And that's when I was like, well, I need to find something. So I started going back to Taito and Nascro. And I was like, I decided to um, do a notary because I could make my own hours. I could do signings for those closings for Taito and Nascro. 
Right. But I could make my own schedule and still be able to be with the kids and make good money. So that started with COVID and it was right when it was booming. Like real estate was just mm-hmm. like ridiculous. All the interest rates are like 2%, 3%. Right. And right. it's just, it was like the end of 2020. So I started doing notaries, doing closings on my lunch break on a job that I just took. <laughs> and then in three days, I made like $900. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, wow. I'm just going to quit this and do this full time. Right, right. So did notaries for like the last three months of 2020. And I went from like 10K, 15K, 20K just by myself. And I was like, I need to do something about this. Whoa. So open a company. And then in February, I opened my notary company. So I start 1099 notaries mm-hmm. and paying them to do the signings while I did the administrative part. Okay. So started closing 100, 200, 300 what? deals a month. <laughs> no way. So I closed 4,000 deals that first year. And it wow. went from like just me working to like a $400,000 revenue a year. So I was like, wow. I could do this by myself without marketing or anything. Maybe I can grow this, right? And it's, I mean, that's my bread and butter now. It's Signature One is my company and we do notaries out of the state. We cover like the whole US. No way. I now, I now focus on the remote online stuff because that's growing very quickly now. Like we do, right. I do a lot of notaries from my home, from like the camera, like you guys are seeing. <laughs> but um, I kind of automated that. And then I have somebody working for me. She takes care of that company. So I really don't have to to touch anything at this point so uh, it was so it so just came to me so, I, <laughs> yeah I, I i could go i, I could go on <laughs> so many questions but go ahead spiros so just so so we're clear for the listeners right, right. so if somebody this is this is important listen to yeah. spiros right now please so if somebody in the state of florida is or let's let's say if somebody from wisconsin is buying a piece of real estate in the state of florida and they're going to be on vacation in the jersey shore they can Mm -hmm. call your company and and engage your company to be a mobile notary come to them and they can actually close on real estate wherever they are at any time right yes so pretty much the escrow officer will reach out to us. We're going to put the order, text all the notaries in that zip code that is close to the signer. Yeah. Whoever accepts, will print the documents, go meet the signer, do everything. The signer doesn't have to do anything. The escrow officer doesn't have to do anything. We handle everything. And we send it back uh, to the title company. And they what? That's and, who, and who's typically, who? can you define exactly who your customer is? Is it going to be closing yeah. agencies? So or my, is it going to be the actual property buyer or seller? Who's actually your target customer so my main clients are title companies and escrow officers mm-hmm. mortgage okay. brokers mm-hmm. real estate agents but like for example buddy was my client and he's a signer because mm-hmm. he worked with me and he was like i want to work with you only so every time he puts he like for example if, if an investor wants to put our company on a deal like i want to use those closers right. or this signing service right. we call, call that signing service they can and then they have to use us so a lot of my clients now that I am mm-hmm. with the network are the investors. They will be like, I want to use her. And then that title company, they have to use us and they see how we work. Uh, and they will keep working with us. I have a lender out of Maryland that was from Buddy and they still use us to this that's day. That's awesome. I've used the mobile notary for a couple investment properties that I've bought, obviously, out of state. 
And I wish I would have known about this. The mobile notaries that they sent me were terrible. I, they were missing documents. They were using my printer. I said, shouldn't you yeah. guys have all these? This is yeah. crazy. So, and that's, and that's, I think what happened to me and my company was because I was behind the desk doing right. the right. so I knew how bad they were. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to provide a service that I would like to receive when I was in a right. So I knew exactly what I wanted. I didn't want to go after notaries for corrections, for missing labels, missing documents. So we established this whole process and a checklist for our notaries. So to make the life of the escrow officer easier and they Mm -hmm. close on time, because for me, like a nightmare was like, we get the documents we need to close today, but the notary forgot the deed or stamp. It happens so much. So we, we developed, we developed the company in the way that those things wouldn't happen. So I never made mark. I never did marketing for my company. It was all like referrals and it grew from like, I don't know, three clients that I had to like 30 in the middle of like months. So, and you were doing this all by yourself in the beginning. I I did this all by myself while I was doing signings. And you have three kids at home. I have three kids and I had a husband at that time too. So, (laughs) I mean, so, so, (laughs) so quick, quick commercial for your business. Can you give us the the website? Yeah. 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 So my website is signature one spelled out. Okay. And then SS for signing service. So the letter S twice.com. And then there are And we'll put this in the show notes. So if whoever wants to go directly to it, we'll put a link directly into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super easy. So like the escrow officer does go in, just they go in, they register as a client, and then right. they push the order through three minutes max. A notary gets assigned. I mean, for, forget, forget the, forget our listeners. I'm signing up myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do a lot of, so for example, for like my classmates in the accelerator, uh-huh. I do a lot of quick claim deeds, transfer deeds and right. stuff like that just online because in Nevada we can do online right. with notaries. It's like in Virginia. So like a lot okay. of Virginia notaries because of that, but we can do that here too. So that wow. was, yeah. And that's kind of like what brought me into real estate too, because I start to sit in front of investors all right. the time. So right. my here. clients are investors and I'm like, I start getting very curious about Okay, what are why are these people buying twelve properties at one time? Right. Why don't why don't we that's a good segue, Melania, if you don't want yeah. like continue yeah. continue your story and tell us how you transition from kind of building this business from the ground up that's obviously doing fantastic and kind of yeah. jump into where your life is at and how you uh you get into real estate and all that all that stuff that comes along. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I I am a firm believer that things don't happen just because everything and happens everything for a reason. Ha- yeah. Oh, everything awesome. Oh, for a reason mm-hmm. and i i don't think this happened like when i lost my job i was like oh my gosh this is terrible right i cried for days and then i started the notary stuff i was like no that happened so i could start mm-hmm. this and then i started the notary thing because i had to meet buddy and it was literally for me it was like and it was not i i promise it was not like a year it was not years apart right. like the events were like all like i've been praying for this i've been like waiting for something to happen right and i knew so let me let me interrupt real quick for everybody yeah. so we've referenced buddy a couple yeah, of times so for those of you real quick yeah the for those of you that don't know um so buddy rushing is the ceo of white feather investments and it is a company that is uh kind of does 
a threefold purpose. One, it educates uh, military veterans and their families in the way of real estate investing for the pursuit of financial freedom. It also provides an ongoing network for people who have received the education through White Feather to become part of a nationwide network that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think is about 600 people strong today and is growing by hundreds every uh, you know every year. Um, and and then. Uh, um, yeah, so education network, and also it is a, a deal engine, um, mm-hmm. if that's a good way to put it. It's a deal engine. It's a it's a factory for very profitable cash flowing uh, real estate deals that are available to the network. Um, for the purpose of making the network stronger. And then it's kind of a, a self-fulfilling um, right. machine that that feeds from itself, gets bigger. Um, so we've referenced Buddy Rushing a couple of times. So I figured it was important to give him credit uh, yeah, for please. what he's built. And all three of us. Right. Um, actually, I, I should take it back. I shouldn't I shouldn't count my diploma before I get it. But <laughs> Malena, <laughs> Malena is the only graduate of right. the, the White Feather Real Estate investing accelerator uh, and she's a member an official bona fide member of the network mike and i are just uh we're in our last month of uh of real estate boot camp here and and we're hoping that uh i don't know if you know this mike but melena told me that in order for us to become members of the white Feather network it actually goes to a vote yes so your good looks your good looks mike and your nice smile that's not going to get it for you. I was going to say, I thought, I'm glad I shaved today. I no, was doing it for the no. camera. You know? There's more to it than just, you know, your cute boyish looks. Oh, man. Yeah, you well, got to so. get past the other people. Oh, we got to get okay. past well, the other hopefully people. Hopefully I, right, so. I stay on the top. Uh, just, just to add on real quick to that, Spiros, great, um, great summary, but just in addition, just Buddy Rushing doing fantastic stuff for the community and, and creating a community of people like ourselves that can get together and talk. And uh, personally, I feel the minute I see, you know, a white feather investing graduate or member i just have an instant uh you know instant status of trust that i know hey you've gone in front of buddy you've gone in front of the you know the 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 board here okay let's talk i i feel comfortable having a conversation with you so really doing great things and a big shout out to him and his team so and obviously we're a product of that uh of that environment so all right sorry melena we we shamelessly all right go ahead yeah so um that so brought me to buddy um, but he had got my contact from one of my loan officers, actually, that I did a closing for her. She okay. was at, at the summit, Tammy, actually, she was at the summit. And then she, he called me and he asked me to do a closing for him. And I showed up to the closing. He was like in the middle of his wedding anniversary thing with Kimberly. Yeah, yeah. And I met them in the middle of the strip and I had like my printer set up at a subway <laughs> and then like buddy comes and I had called like a couple of mistakes the title company had made and he was like oh my gosh he was so impressed he was like I've never seen a notary like this like nobody brings attention to a notary I was like thank you buddy but <laughs> he was like but you are like so precise and he was like so like pumped you know like buddy's so right, like, energetic right. <laughs> And um, we did the closing and he was like, please tell me you have an affiliation with the military. I was like, yeah, my husband is 12 years Air Force dude. He was a crew chief, F-16 crew chief um, for the Air Force. And he was like, oh my God, this this had to happen. And he gave me like his podcast to listen to. And Can you imagine Buddy erupting in a subway and all the people are like... (laughs) 
all the people are eating their sandwiches, they leave them behind because they're right. like, this guy's crazy. Like, what's up with too those much two energy. over there? Yeah, we need to get out of here. You you probably shut down the subway that day. Honey, it grab was, the kids, let's go. Let's get out of here. It was fun because like Kimberly was shoe shopping, so I didn't have the chance to meet her. Mm-hmm. So I say bye to Buddy, get the documents, get in my car, and he calls me. Can you come back? And I was like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and he's like, can you come back? And I was like, sure. So they moved to Cabo Wabo where they were having their anniversary lunch and then I went to have like a margarita with them and then I'm sitting there and then he's like telling Kimberly all about me and like my network of notaries and all that stuff sure. and then they start telling me about White Feather and I'm like my mind's like blowing and I'm mm, like right. this had to happen I've been asking for this I want to be an investor just don't know how mm-hmm. how convenient it is to unify the fact that pain is in the military with military investors like you said like right. I trusted immediately because everybody comes with a background check everybody's like mm-hmm. Right. Right. military so right. i felt like so good about it so what i um it but it took me six months to convince Peyton that mm-hmm. this was legit <laughs> this was something he was so skeptical my husband was always like very skeptical about things very conservative like we were polar opposites i'm like let's go do it like, <laughs> just just do it right. like let's right. bet all all in this and he's like no you know let's just take a minute to look so i started so i met bunny in august i believe i, I don't know now i'm gonna butcher this because that was their anniversary month but i met him like towards the end of the year and then the next year in june which was 2020 two that's when yeah. i started the accelerator so i did 2022 okay. two i started that so started the accelerator and i we didn't have capital at that year so my company went from like closing so much having so much savings and all that that i wanted to pour into real estate mm-hmm. to like COVID getting the interest rates up to like seven percent so it kind of took a like a huge slow down and then i told buddy i was like i wanted to do this but i don't know if it's the time because i don't have the money and he's like he would be like don't worry about it don't worry about it everything's figurable like whatever he says don't worry we'll just let's let's get this rolling so started the course started doing all you know like you guys do like the uh, the assessments and then like returning and then i started actually doing like offers Mm -hmm. putting offers and like kind of buddy held me by the hand and there was one point that I had 10 offers accepted and I didn't have $5,000 in my bank account. (laughs) I was like, so how am I going to pay for all this earnest money? (laughs) So it was, it was kind of crazy, but at the same time, it opened up for a bunch of opportunities. So I have all these deals that they were great in Alabama. We chose Mobile, Alabama to work on. Yeah. and I started like firing up offer it offers and we got a bunch of on and then I we had a so conversation. Peyton's on board now he's he it took board. him a while but, he, yeah. but he's on board he now. was on board that's awesome he was doing the course with me he was actually very pumped about like the whole this was like I haven't seen him in years being excited about right. something like he was about that's awesome that's awesome so he got involved and engaged and we started working together and we got a bunch of properties in under contract and then I started bringing them into our Saturday meetings because I'm like what am I going to do with this and then I buddy's idea was to wholesale them first and said we'll, we'll wholesale a couple of them or a couple of times and then you guys will have enough cash to like buy mm-hmm. on your own but then like one of my um, fellow classmates Rob Damare said why don't we treat this as a business and then do a syndication by them all together mm-hmm. and then we get the whole class involved so that's what we did we got like eight investors that really wanted in and we wow. raised the capital I put together the structure of websites the, the investment portal like all that stuff and then I think we closed 
So we closed on all of them. By November, we had all of them purchased. How, how many? How many did uh, you have? We ended up purchasing four with the uh, syndication. And then Rob and I have like other property. And then, but I also have Buddy's camper. He pretty much came <laughs> here, Airbnb. <laughs> so we purchased cool. four in the syndication. We end up, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them were not fit, like he's right. failed and stuff. But you know, you have to go through the process to sure. like realize right. that you have to go through a lot of prop- properties to actually get like a field that are good. Right. So yeah, and then started putting them on Airbnb. I took Kirby's course. Kirby's another major name in, mm-hmm. in the industry. He has a short-term rental course mm-hmm. and I took the course and that helped tremendously. And I mean, it's very successful. Like our Airbnb stay booked and it, it's really good. So and you I, have four Airbnbs in Mobile, Alabama? Now, now we have seven listings and nice. we're doing the, the new, like another one. We took one arbitrage. We have four okay. education, buddy scamper, and then where are we doing another one right now? Like have, what are we having. What Do you manage all the Airbnbs yourself? I do everything. Oh, I have I have three Airbnbs and I manage them myself too. And it's a full time job. It is a full time job. It, it is. is a full time job. There's a lot of guests out yeah. there who are very uh, lack of a better word entitled, and they always look to complain about everything. So I I, I do not envy you with seven. I'm struggling with three. So I'm looking yeah. to turn them into I, something else. It is a full time job. That's what Kirby said. He's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And I was at the beginning. I was like, "Yeah, I want to make this work. I want to make sure." I, I would get like so excited when I get a good review view like you right. know like just say you did a good job right. <laughs> so, but now i'm getting to the point that we're probably going to get somebody to help me out because right. i mean i have some help like my team on ground on ground is like amazing and sure. my property manager helps me with the communication but like once we add this other home it's just gonna be insane because like sometimes some days there's nothing but then there's the day that you have all of them checking in and it's oh, just it's- it's, it's mayhem. <laughs> right. Mayhem. And then I have like my notary business and I know. I all their stuff. So it's just like it's a lot, but I'm I'm I don't know if you guys notice. I'm like I'm hyper. So that's so hard. So you so you go through the accelerator, you've never done any real estate before, you leave the accelerator putting together a syndication, you have short term rentals, you're managing these properties. I mean that's on top of being a mom. Um, and uh, managing your own business that you're running. Yes, this all happened literally end of last year. And then in May this year, Peyton committed suicide. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So So, very sorry. Yeah, it's, I feel like I talk about this a lot. I talked about this in the summit. Um, It just, um, it happened when we were like at the top and then we're like, now it's like, we're getting there and we're going to do great things. And I feel like I obviously would never know, but I feel like um, he he was sick, obviously. And then like the thing right. that gets me the most is because like we were at the best time and he felt like it wouldn't get any better for him. And mm-hmm. he didn't reach out and he didn't ask for help. And he was like, OK, if this is this great. And I'm still feeling like this. I don't think it's going to get any better. And for me, it was it was a curveball, obviously, like we were not expecting. And then this year is just be like on pause. Like I've been managing and doing all that and just making sure my kids are good. And then like everything that, you know, that has happened, just kind of like trying to put my life back in order. Right. But it was something that like I feel like the more I talk about it, the more people will help because this is now this is my mission. I need other people. I need to let people know what happens if you do that. Like me and my kids are struggling like on a daily basis forever. Like no longer in pain, but we have that pain. It's transferred to us. 
but I also like I'm very positive and I feel like if I can take that and make something beautiful out of it I will I, I that that's my thing I I have so many people in my life that got like my relationships got stronger because right. of what happened right. and I cherish them like I like I love life yeah you see <laughs> you, you see who your true friends are when you really need them to be there in your corner they'll they'll come out with no issues no and then just the community like I had so much support from like my you know, my classmates from Buddy, like, and it's just, it's being crazy. Like, right. I mean, literally life threw me like a yeah. bunch of lemons, like, let's say. <laughs> right. like the, the, right. the ultimate, and I had no other option. Right. Like, need to make this lemonade well right? your your message is so powerful and the fact that you can get on here and talk to you know one person one person that you've met one time or to a handful of times with someone you've never met before in person and be so honest and raw and you're changing people's lives for the better and anybody who listens to this there's no doubt in my mind that what you're saying is going to have a positive effect and that message is going to go on and live on for forever i mean what we're creating here is, can't be deleted so this is something that's going to last forever for anybody who ever in the future struggling with something that's similar they can hear from um, a powerful woman who's got a family that she's providing for she's building ground up businesses she's investing she's creating general wealth for herself and dealing with life issues at the same time and she's just not missing a beat so uh, i mean from the bottom of my heart i, I you 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 provide so much motivation for me. And this is just an, a true honor and a privilege to sit and talk with you. So I, I really appreciate it. And I just want you to know from us and everybody who's listening, you are fan, you are a fantastic person and you have all of us in your corner for anything in the world that you need. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know, I'll tell you. Um, so one, I want to thank you, Milena, for, for sharing that with Mike and I, um, I had the opportunity obviously to hear your story when we were in Las Vegas and my wife was there and my son was there. And I can honestly tell you, um, you changed our lives and, and, and we are we are that family that's probably at the top of our you know history and and we don't know what god has for us in the future and and it may get even better right or we may end up facing some headwinds um significant headwinds um and i'm not going to compare to what what you're facing but um but i, I just want to thank you for opening up and i'll tell you i Jennifer and I, my wife and I, and my son Will met Milena in Las Vegas, and we probably spent a total of, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes together. And then <laughs> we did that call together. But I honestly, Milena, I feel like I, and I'm an only kid, right? I grew up <laughs> a spoiled only child. Um, my entire family always reminds me that I'm a spoiled only child. But I do feel like I have a sister in Las Vegas. My wife feels the same way. And, and let me just say, so sorry for your loss. And, and for what you've had to go through and what you will go through and, and what your kids will go through. But I'll tell you what, what, what I see and what I'm hearing right now is the definition of resilience. Mm -hmm. It is, it is the definition of what we as veterans, you know, what you learn in, in those times in your military training, when your face is in the mud and somebody's spitting on you and kicking you in the gut while you're down, this is what it's about. It's, Hey, my face is in the mud. I'm getting kicked. It hurts, but guess what? I'm going to get up yep. and I'm going to keep walking towards the light. And, and I just, I just want to say thank you. It's such a privilege, such a privilege to hear your story. Um, all of it, 
all of it. Right. Um, Thank you. Uh, it, it's just incredible, and and it's a huge it's a huge honor, and 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 we're so excited. And I'm so je- excited. I'm jealous that Spiros got to meet you in person because I'm I feel like I'm missing. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to make a trip here where all of us just get together and go out and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So 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 tell us what where where do you see next year? Like obviously yeah. you're 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 dealing with things today, right? And right. Yeah. we get that and and uh, I don't yeah. want to dishonor that by moving on, but at the same no, time No, no, no. We're yeah, so no. interested I'm in so you. I'm so intrigued. Wanna I want to know what's next. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know what your what is your vision for next year and, right. and 5 years from yeah. now. Yeah. So obviously once something like this happens, you're never prepared, right? Especially right. if it's something like this that you're really not even expecting to happen. But um, like I said, this uh, in my interview with Kirby, I said, I truly believe that you are what you believe and you think and you can choose. You can choose to like stay in grief and cry and, you know, suffer. And it's okay to do so. And it's yeah. healing and all you want, right? But I choose to take that. I mean, I suffered for like a few months and I and I said, I can't I can't do this. I need to be strong for my kids. I need to like keep building this up. I need to honor him. My kids need to know that one day they will know they will look back and they'll be like, mom is so strong. Right. Right. That's my goal. So um, after like all this happened, I just felt like, okay, I, I need to get my stuff together and get going. But like life is so incredibly funny because I'm a go, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And then I remember I had a conversation with Greg and I was like, look, I feel like I need to pause. I need to take a moment and then just be and be yep. with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I realized like nothing is more important than my kids. Nothing is more important than this life I have. And yep. I had to learn how to pause. Like that was the hardest part for me. Like just to pause, be like, this is not a race. Mm-hmm. I'm not competing with anyone. I need to get somewhere. So this year I took a lot of the year, like just to heal and like enjoy life and do things with my kids that before I would probably put on the side for like work and that stuff. So right now I'm just like, I don't care. I'm like, I am getting myself healed. And then next year is going to be amazing. And I believe that. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's the, the, the beauty of it. I know, like, just by the relationships I'm, I'm like developing right now, like everybody that's in my life. And it's funny that you said that you guys feel like you've, you've spent 20 minutes with me, but feel like, you know, yeah. me forever. Right. I do have like the ability of creating and building like very strong connections because I am just I am what you see right and Mm -hmm. I feel like I always give people the chance to like prove themselves wrong and I believe that I think everybody should build those like clear clean like Mm -hmm. this is what it is relationships I this is me like that that's it so I I just started focusing a lot of relationships and people and who I want to be surrounded with because life happens like this and for me really did like bring me to like this is important the people like this like when he was gone he was gone there's he's not coming back right so like what what this happens with one of my kids god forbid you know so i started like really like working on those relationships i'm working on that but obviously now like uh, like about a month ago i was like all right but i have all this opportunity my <laughs> so there's you can never put i the, cannot, can, I cannot I, rest for man, that i'm right there with you man. you no matter how hard you try you you will always yeah. be working and something I'm always, always I'm, yeah i took the time off and i right. said that's enough time off i'm i'm gonna start working again and obviously i'm working on 
more properties. I have been sure. working on a book. I'm going to write a book about mm. me and my life and this, what happened to me. There's a lot of pieces moving right now. I'm working in like, just like developing relationships with these people that I know are going to be in my life. Um, sure. Along. <laughs> well, I mean, um, so. you, you are going to touch so many people's lives. And I know at least Spiros and I, we're going to broadcast this to as many people as we can <laughs> because everybody needs to hear you. And you have such a powerful message and you are so from just talking to you for 30 minutes, you're so genuine and honest and impactful and so many people across the world. And I know, I have a 19 year old sister. The first thing I'm going to do is once we get this together, I'm going to send it to her. I was like, you need to listen to this and see how you, how you become for successful. So, uh, I, this, I am so honored. This has been the best by far, you know, we're in our early career, but this has been fantastic. And this yeah. is going to be, this is going to be hard to top from any of our future guests. So, <laughs> so, uh, you set a high bar for all of our future guests and, and, and I can't thank you enough. I, I look forward to having you back on the podcast in a year so we can hear, cause I know you said next year's the year and I know when you say something, you mean it. So we got, we'll have to have you back next year so we can hear of all the great things you've been doing and, and how you're changing people's lives. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. I can't wait. Absolutely. <laughs> that is awesome. Melania, it's great to great to see you again. I look forward to the next time we can uh, be together and, and hang out. I'd love to meet your kids. I'd love uh, yeah. for all of us to get to hang out again. Please. And, uh, just super excited. Again, thank you for uh, spending time with us today. And uh, and for sure, be looking yeah. out for uh, for us knocking on your door again. To <laughs> get, a, get an update on what's happening Absolutely. With, with you and the kiddos. Absolutely. You guys are always welcome. Oh, um, awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom Fries podcast. Join Mike and Spiros next time as they bring more real talk about real estate investing highs and lows. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success.